These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I'm George Kaloris, and I'm here today with some of the funniest people I have ever known. On the line from Louisville, Kentucky, we have Alexandria Sweat. Hey, Alex. Hey, hey. Whoop, 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 whoop. Or should I say L, yeah, in honor of my city and being here today. And we got from a closet in Midtown, TJ Jackson. How you doing, TJ? Hey. Best sound quality in the apartment. <laughs> you know, you're a little pixelated today. Yeah. Don't have the best camera. I like your black and white striped Hamburglar shirt, though. That's cute. It's actually blue and white, but I was feeling the Mickey D's today. <laughs> rubble, rubble. And the role of Will Amato will be played by one of my favorite people, the hilarious Viana Black. How are you, Viana? Oh, I'm fantastic, although I don't know if I can really stand up to Will. I mean, come on, he's Will. <laughs> Viana, I'm happy to have you on the show. We've wanted to get you on for a while. For people who don't know, Viana is a very funny working actress with notable appearances on stage and screen, and she's been on TV shows like The Resident and Claude and Star with my favorite, Queen Latifah. She recently was a player in Will's show, Broken 30, where she killed it. We are so happy to have you on the show today. I am excited to talk to actual people that aren't related to me. And (laughs) my family just has to listen to me when I call them. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Girl, I feel you. What's the funniest thing that happened to you this week, Viana? I went to the grocery store yesterday, and that's always weird and terrifyingly stressful. I got drunk. I was drunk by five yesterday and took a nap. I love it. <laughs> That's why there's wine here now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like day drinking is kind of underrated, and I appreciate people that appreciate day drinking. You're giving yourself time to enjoy the vibe of the drunk. I know. That's the only thing I'm doing right in this quarantine, okay? <laughs> I am being drunk as often as possible. <laughs> Do you find, though, that you're kind of grumpy when you sober up after the day drunk? That's always my problem. I'm a little bit grouchy. (laughs) I bet I'm always grouchy, but I live alone, so it's like nobody here to be bothered by my grouchiness. It's just me. Well, speaking of grouchy, the president went on a Twitter storm this weekend. He posted... 126 tweets on Mother's Day, coming only a few short of breaking his own record for the most tweets in one day. He mentioned something called hashtag Obamagate several times. And when he was asked about it, he refused to tell anybody what he believes the Obamagate scandal to be. I want to take some bets. What do you guys think Obamagate is? I think Michelle had lipo on her arms. I think that's what the Obamagate scandal is. I can see that. Okay. Her arms are excellent, and I feel like she works out for them, but I can see him accusing her of having liposuction on her arms and that being the thing. And I know he can't believe someone to be that perfect, so I totally <laughs> like that theory. I think Mr. 45 is mad because 
Michelle Obama just released Becoming on Netflix, and now Melania's team has to scramble and make Becoming best. And it's just been really hard on the team right now. People are getting sick in the administration. And now they have to make a new documentary with who knows what footage. It's just a lot of stress on the team. I think that's what it is. Oh, my God. Becoming best. Yes. (laughs) Deanna, what do you think? It's something about lizard people. I know it's something about lizards. Obama is a lizard person, and it's going to be great when it comes out. And I think Donald Trump probably wants to be a lizard person, but they won't let him in the club yet. I don't know. i got to do some more digging. This rabbit hole, I am all the way down it. All the way. <laughs> lizards are so exclusive. They're like, no, you're not worthy yet of our lizardness. Sorry. Is that the deep state, a secret cabal of lizards really running the world? Mm-hmm. I think so. We would just all be at this point, okay, yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah, lay it on right on top of those murder hornets. I found out recently the murder hornets only want bees. Like, they don't really want us. Yeah. First they came to the bees, and I said nothing, Alex. I was not a bee. You gotta save the bees because they are what make Cheerios, and we can't survive without cereal. True story. What's your theory? What's Obamagate? I think that he's still mad about the tan suit situation way Mm -hmm. back 2011. I'm making it up. I have no idea. Beige tan or so. (laughs) Definitely lighter than Trump's skin, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, was, it was right there, beigey tan. Viana, you said you love a good conspiracy theory. I don't know how much you've been following, but we have a big conspiracy that we've been following on this show. We think we have figured out that Whitney Houston was murdered. Have you heard about this? No, but inquiring minds are very intrigued and want to know more. Our main evidence is that her assistant said Whitney was in the tub brushing her hair and asked the assistant to go get cupcakes. 30 minutes later, when the assistant comes back, she finds Whitney drowned in the tub. The lights are out. The hotel room is flooded, but the taps are turned off. And our question was, who turned out the lights? Who turned off the water? So we started chasing this story. We called Sprinkles Cupcakes in L.A. to see if there was any clue in what flavor cupcakes she'd ordered, and they were red velvet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gianna, if you or if any listener hasn't heard that, about two weeks ago we played an episode called Whitney Was Murdered, Y'all, and we broke down the whole case so far. And at the end I mentioned that I came across a private investigator who thinks the killers were actually drug dealers from Atlanta that Whitney owed money to. But as of this week, I have another possible theory for the case. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I was about to do that. (laughs) I read a book, and I use the word book lightly because it had like 30 pages, called (laughs) The Murder of Whitney Houston, Confession of the Killer, by a man named Winford Salmon. That's not his real name. That's yeah. the fake name, you think? But he chose yeah. that name on purpose, and I like it. Okay, keep going. I'm in. I'm in. Come on. Such a lizard name. <laughs> I think. In the book, Winford alleges that he met a man at a hotel in New York in 2013, and the man is only identified by the name Snitch. 
which is a little on the nose, if you ask me. Snitch says he's known Whitney since he was seven. They went to the same church. His sister was in the same class with Whitney, and years later, he would get Whitney her drugs. So they were real close. He says that a religious organization in New Jersey that he refers to as the society had him kill Whitney because she was, quote, addicted to the devil. Hmm, a devil addict. I've heard of those. (laughs) (laughs) That's a slippery slope. I have no idea what that means. (laughs) That's so weird. It is weird. I wish everyone could see Vienna's face because I feel like you're just trying to process all of this. What did I just walk into? (laughs) Her head just exploded right here on the video. Well, and since I've been looking at conspiracy theories all day, it just—it all makes so much sense. They're all, oh my god! I'm really close to my drug dealer too. What do you mean you were really? <laughs> I didn't know many people have childhood drug dealers, right? Like, oh, he's been giving me my crack since I was seven. So repeat that again, George. What happened? Her drug dealer? He was no longer her drug dealer. He just said that back in the day before he got clean, he would get Whitney some drugs once in a while. But he said that he was in a meeting with a bunch of religious leaders in an organization in New Jersey. He refers to them as the society. And he said they had him murder Whitney because she was addicted to the devil and she was hurting her own image of herself. So they were protecting the legacy of Whitney from Whitney's bad behavior. That's what religion does, right? It protects us from ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Snitch says that he killed her by lacing her cocaine. And the author says, with what? And he says, with stuff to kill her. Duh. The author gets him to admit that it was a chemical called potassium chloride. Yeah, I think Trump told everyone to take that last week. (laughs) He did. He did. Mm -hmm. He met with Whitney the night before she died. He gave her the laced cocaine, and he also sprinkled some into her cocktail for good measure, which is pointless. Why would you do that? If it's to protect her legacy, I feel like you wouldn't make it some sort of overdose thing. You would want it to be a different method of murder. And I hate society and this fake Arthur named person who I can't think of right now for making me have to think about this. Thank you, Mr. Wilbur, Mr. Shakespeare. I don't know. The point is, I'm with you, George, that this is sketchy. He also doesn't answer any questions about the lights or the water or anything. It's just another wrinkle in the conspiracy. I think we need to get Winford Salmon on the show. So I'm going to try to track down this guy. And I think we should talk to him about this confession and also ask him about what he thinks about the water and the lights and the cupcakes. The investigation has to go deeper. I think you're right, George. You've got to be like on Instagram or Twitter. If you're listening, Winford Salmon, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com and we'll have you on the show. We have some questions for you. Okay, TJ, we want to go over to you. Sometimes we try to keep it real on the show. And last week you told us that you had been laid off, which really sucks. And we want to check in with you. How are you doing? What's going on in your world? Along with 33 million other people in America, I believe, I am one of the many who have been laid off due to this 
terrible pandemic coronavirus and I just want to give everyone who is listening inside scoop how that process goes down. If you are employed right now, good for you. If not, welcome to the club. We're all here just hanging out, watching Netflix. Here's what happens when you get laid off due to a pandemic. First, you spend weeks not knowing what day it is while the company you work for pretends everything is all right. Then you roll over in bed one day to turn off your alarm and see that you have an invite from HR for a video chat in two hours. After an hour or two or sheer panic, your coworker confirms that, yes, you are, in fact, losing your job. Then, for the first time in weeks, you shave and take a shower so you don't look like a total caveman while getting laid off. Then you put on a nice shirt. Remember those? and arrange some good lighting and find a nice background in your room so HR doesn't see what a total slob you are. Then you turn on the camera and suddenly realize that bleaching your hair was not such a great idea. (laughs) Uh, Then HR calls you along with your boss for the best 10 minutes of your life. Then after being a total blur, here comes the fun part. You aimlessly walk around the block outside your apartment complex crying in sweatpants and a hoodie while people stare and take photos. Look, Mom, that homo with the bad dye job is crying on the steps of Whole Foods. No. Don't get too close, the mom says. He might have corona. (laughs) Then, after a cop tells you you have to leave, you walk to Dunkin' Donuts and order what any unemployed person would order, a double chocolate donut. And then you tell the cashier, you just lost your job. And then they respond, get out of here. You're making other people nervous. Spend the rest of the day in your room watching from America's Next Top Model while your mom repeatedly calls you on your phone. And that's how you get laid off in a pandemic. That is a very lovely PSA, DJ. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people can probably identify. I appreciate you sharing that. I'll give you a hug right now. Yeah, I'm good. Right? And a distant hug for TJ. Big distant hug. Real good for a podcast. We're all stretching our arms worldwide. Right. TJ, if you need, we'll put a mask on you and you can work on the drive-thru. Oh, thank you. That's what was happening when I did go to Dunkin' Donuts again today. I chose the drive-thru this time. They just handed me my donut, even though they were wearing a mask and gloves. It was just like I had leprosy or something. Here's your sad donut, sir. (laughs) Give me your card and go away. (laughs) They gave it to you with some sass. Yeah. While we're on a low on the show, it'd be a good time for us to address some drama that we caused last week. In last week's episode, Viana, our friend Abigail Williams joined us on the podcast. And we discussed Adele. TJ made a list of moms. We had our first versus battle. And we apparently pissed off a lot of people in all of those segments. I have a little random sampling of some of our feedback from last week's episode. Hey, Uh, if you're not in waves, you're not surfing. You know? (laughs) It's such a great philosophy. This one's definitely aimed at me. Shame on you for skinny shaming Adele. She's a beautiful woman, regardless of her size. You should be ashamed of yourself. You have no right to comment on people's bodies. You suck. And then called me a really mean name I am not going to repeat on our podcast. (laughs) The next one was just, I hate you. 
Then here's some feedback we did. Nicki Minaj versus Lady Gaga. One listener wrote us and said, I've never heard of any of those Nicki Minaj songs. Where have you lived in the last 10 years you haven't heard Super Bass? Do you not own a radio or ever leave the house or go to a bar? <laughs> oh, gosh. What is wrong with you? You know Nicki Minaj is no queen. Beyonce is the one and only queen. It's written like a Trump tweet. Is the one and only queen. And she'd whoop both them in a battle. Did Blue Ivy write that? I mean, (laughs) I can declare whoever I want to be the queen for whatever day I want them to be the queen. Apparently, (laughs) no, there's one queen, and it's Beyonce, and you suck for even suggesting there might be another one. Oh, my goodness. It was the murder hornets because they're after the beehive. I get it. (laughs) Speaking of the versus battle, Alex, that was really popular last week. We got some negative feedback. We also got some positive feedback. People really enjoyed it, and we're bringing that back again this week. Yes, I'm glad we got some positive feedback. Haters are going to hate. Like TJ said, if you're not making waves and you're not surfing, we're making T-shirts out of that. (laughs) We're bringing verses back because we did have people that enjoyed it. Historically, battles are notorious or famous in hip-hop and rap, kind of in R&B, but not as much. Just as a lover of music in general, I've always wanted to see battles in other genres of music. A country battle like Garth Brooks versus Reba would give me life. Great Dolly versus, versus Reba? Oh, Vienna. That's a good battle. Lit. I'd love to do that. <laughs> Most of the time, it's either producers or solo artists. But here are funniest people I know. We like to do things a little different. So we're presenting you a versus battle between... Two of your favorite early 2000 bands. I will be representing Limp Biscuit, And today, we will have George representing Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, we're doing a versus battle of Alex's favorite music from the eighth grade, apparently. <laughs> it's eighth grade. The year is 2000. It's oh. Halloween. The Limp Biscuit dancers used to dress like Fred Durst. And they would wear the khaki pants with the white tank top and the boxers sticking out, the New York Yankees hat, and the chucks. 13-year-old Alexandria thought that it would be a cool costume to wear for Halloween, and I went as a Limp biscuit dancer. Nobody knew who I was, but it was a good time. That's appropriation. That's going to haunt you if you ever run for governor. (laughs) Trash. Oh, my God. Okay, George, you're so good at the trash talk, and I want to hear what smack you got for me this week. Okay, I mean, you picked them and you assigned them, and you gave me the Pussycat Dolls. Neither of these bands are legends by any means, and neither of them (laughs) have 20 hits. But I can tell you right now, the Pussycat Dolls whoop Limp Biscuits ass. They are a manufactured girl group that has changed more members than Destiny's Child, and they are still more authentic and have better hits than Limp Bizkit could ever have imagined. Before we heard of the Pussycat Dolls as a band, they were on the soundtrack of the 2004 hit movie, Shall We Dance, starring Richard Gere, Jennifer Lopez, and Susan Sarandon, a movie that we will all remember was about a middle-aged man whose midlife crisis leads him to competitive ballroom dancing. The movie ends with the Pussycat Dolls single as everyone in the cast dances to a happy ending. 
The first track is 2004's Sway. When marimba rhythm start to play, dance with me, make me sway, like a lazy ocean hugs the shore. They came out swinging. That great soundtrack hit song that defined 2004. What you got for me? Is that what we call swinging these days, George? Because that was cute. That little jazz ditty that they gave us. I'm not mad at it. But I think that my guys, I'm speaking for 13-year-old Alex, it was a different time. But I think that my boys came very hard with, I want to say it was 1999. We got to know them with their cover of this famous George Michael song. I'm presenting to you Faith by Limp Bizkit. That is faith, people. Anytime you can just metal rock, taking a George Michael song and reprogramming it, remixing it, recovering it as some sort of bounce rock metal thing, the audacity, I'm here for it. They screamed through a George Michael song. (laughs) Meanwhile, Pussycat Dolls were bringing middle-aged people back together. <laughs> I don't know. Vienna, TJ. I don't know. Can we say neither? Is that an option? <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. no. We got two neithers. And you'd be like, no, next. Not this song. Yeah. Or this song. All right. This is a historic first. I don't think I've ever heard of a battle just having a round that goes next. <laughs> round two, their most recent song. The Pussycat Dolls put out a new single in February of 2020. They're trying to go to a reunion tour and put out their single. I'm going to say it's pretty solid. It's called React, and here's a little bit of it. Pull me closer. I hang up the phone. You call me back. Why don't you mess me around like you're supposed to? You're telling me cool because I'm just wanting you to react. Okay, I love this because it reminds me of Europop, <laughs> real Very much. German or Swedish pop. And then I love that it's all Nicole and the rest of the Pussycat Dolls are now just like auto-tuned background dancers. Weren't they always? <laughs> they stopped pretending. That sounded great if I was in the junior's department of a Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> Limbiscuit has not released anything as of 2019 or 2020, as I know. But they did release an album in 2011, and one of the singles that they called Go Cobra, I believe, and they had a single on that that featured an actual legend, Lil Wayne, and I think that's something. Here's Ready to Go featuring Lil Wayne. Yeah. 
I was a fan of them in the eighth grade. Uh, uh, yeah. Don't Alex. That doesn't sound like a song. That sounds like alcoholics fighting in the Waffle House parking lot. I mean, oh yeah, that's why I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this sounds familiar. Exactly. Oh, it was me. <laughs> Nicole, at least, that is a song. If you heard it in the club, you wouldn't storm out. If you heard that Limp Biscuit song, you'd go to the DJ and ask for your money back. Probably, but then the, the, the store that I bought my shoes from when I heard that Pussycat Doll song, they won't reap on me. I don't know. It is a better song than the Pussycat Doll. Uh, hands down, Pussycat. I agree. That is the one award React is going to win this season. So I will accept <laughs> that on behalf of the schedule. We thank our fans and the man upstairs. Thank you. Yes. Round three is a collaboration. Pussycat Dolls never collaborated with Beyonce. But in 2008, the Pussycat Dolls, more specifically Nicole Schlersinger, Sershinger? Sershinger? How do you say her name? Nicole. William? (laughs) She is an alumni of my high school. So your old high school friend, Nicole, she (laughs) collaborated with A.R. Rahman on a remix of his Academy Award winning song, Jai Ho. That was a hit. It won some gold. She did the remix. That's a remix? They have a band. I don't know about Fred Durst getting anywhere near the Academy Awards. I don't know about that, but in the early 2000s, Lynn Biscuit collaborated with Method Man. One of my personal favorite songs is a song by the name of In Together Now. Here we go, y'all. This is In Together Now with Limp Bizkit and Method Man. Anytime you get someone from one of the greatest groups in hip-hop, Wu-Tang Clan, to be featured on your track, I feel like you just dropped the mic. Like, Fred Durst didn't even have to do anything. Method Man Nor did, did he. all the heavy lifting for him. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So Fred Durst is the lead singer? Of Limp Bizkit, yes. The one who killed all those people? Killed people? Robert Durst. Oh! (laughs) The Pentagon have never been confused with serial killers, so clearly I win that round. Judges, now that we've confirmed that Robert Durst and Fred Durst are not the same person, what are you guys thinking? Oh, about the song, yes. I would have to go with Jai Ho because when that song came on, everyone went crazy. These guys doing this dance to it, and it was amazing. So, yeah, I'd have to go with the Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack on this one. 
Okay, okay. When I was like eighth or ninth grade, right? And I always thought Fred Durst with his like receding hairline was really cute, slightly old man look, but I thought it was hot. I'm gonna have to go with the biscuit on the crown. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> the next song is our personal jam. And, and this isn't my favorite Pussycat Doll song, but it's the one that speaks to me the most because I want to be real rich and famous. The song is When I Grow Up. Everyone is dancing. I know I won. What you got? Yeah. I'm just dancing because I'm nice. (laughs) My sympathy dance over here. Don't take that for granted, George, because I'm coming with that heat. Chocolate starfish and hot dog water. A lot of the songs that I have picked have come from that album because that was just a peak time for Limp Bizkit and their music. So this next song, I believe, comes from that album. Sometimes it's just all about that he said, she said. This song I present to you is Break Stuff. It's just one of those days. Any song that every other word is a cuss word that has to be bleeped, I feel like is a strong declaration. And it's always about he said, she said BS. Yeah, when we grow up, we all want to be rich, but you got to break stuff first before you can get rich. So, boom. There you go. You got to break stuff to get rich. You got to have money to break stuff. Mm-hmm. Who says? You don't want to break stuff you pay for. <laughs> you break it, you buy it. Just who won that? When I grow up, a very nice song about being rich and famous and having nice cars or whatever that nonsense was. No judgment. No judgment. I'd have to go with When I Grow Up. Inspired me to be Nicole Sussinger. What you got, Viana? This one's hard. Because, like, deep down, I don't really want to like the Pussycat Dolls that much anyway. Because, I mean, <laughs> they... I wouldn't turn off Pussycat Dolls if it came on and I was in the car right now. I would turn it up for a second, and then I would change the station when the chorus hits. Netflix only needs you to watch for a second to count the ratings. That is so funny. The next round is their legend song. This is a song they'll always be remembered for. And whenever you think of the Pussycat Dolls, you think of their homewrecker anthem, Don't Ya? Yes, I do. This was their first single. It peaks at number two on the Billboard charts. It's worldwide fame. Busta Rhymes is busting rhymes for 30 <laughs> seconds at the beginning of the song. Beers. And the best thing ever Yay. about the song, guys, is the first time I heard it, 
my friend's boyfriend's coworker put it as her song on her MySpace page. And my friend's like, look, this girl's trying to F my boyfriend. That's why she has this song on her MySpace page. And I was like, you are crazy. It's just a song. And then two weeks later, they did it. Totally put Don't You Out There as a signal. I'm going to do your boyfriend. And then she followed up. That's some pretty rude stuff. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> That's audacious trash right there. It's so haunting, too. It's like, don't you wish your girlfriend was cute? Your girlfriend ugly? <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> they calling out stuff that you trying to ignore or not think about, like you trying to be a bigger person, the less shallow version of yourself, and they're like, nah, uh-uh. Don't you wish your girl was as cute as this? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. like, don't you wish your girlfriend a- had two legs? <laughs> <laughs> That song wasn't inclusive, and that's why we can't give that the winning award. Because Limp Bizkit has a super inclusive, legendary song? For this purpose, they do, and it is... (laughs) I was torn, because there's two songs that I think we can consider legendary for them. One is Nookie, but Mm. I like this other song better, so I chose Rolling. Here we go. We're going to play Rolling by Limp Bizkit. They have bars, okay? <laughs> you should have gone with Nookie. Nookie <laughs> was a zeitgeist phenomenon. Rolling happened. <laughs> Wait, Nookie sounds familiar. Girl, you got to play the popular ones. You guys think Nookie is more legendary than Rolling? Is that what I'm hearing? It's the fifth song to come up when I type it in Google. I'm not here to help out, but... I have Nookie ready. I think that was the best part. The A, like a chump. A, like a chump. Deanna, help me out, girl. What you got? Oh, my God. I'm sweating. I don't think it's just the wine, either. I don't know. You are a great actress. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wine, okay? Yeah, I'm going to go whip this skin over and put the cat doll. This versus challenge ends in an epic tie. Yay! (laughs) Audience members, you have to tell us. Who do you guys think won? It's a tie again. It's not that hard. It's a pussy guy. This episode is recorded before it happens, but it'll come out afterwards. This weekend <laughs> is Ludacris versus Nelly in the versus battles. Who wins that? Alex. I want to say Ludacris because Ludacris. Also, mm-hmm. we're based in Atlanta, and I feel like it would be disrespectful to not say Ludacris. What do you think, Bianca? Ludacris. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Who's doing, like, was this going to be a competition next week? The actual Ludacris and the actual Nelly are doing this competition on Instagram Live this weekend. Oh. I think Luda's going to take it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I got to represent the A, as they say. <laughs> Luda appreciates that. He he wants your vote for sure. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do our versus battle again next week, and you've picked the last two, Alex. 
So I'm picking the next ones, and I can promise you one thing. It's going to be gay as hell. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you to our guest, Viana Black, for joining us. Make sure to catch Viana in the future when the world opens back up and she's back on stage being freaking amazing. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to our producer, Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please review and subscribe and share it with a friend. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. Bye. Bye. Bye.